Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Craig. solid walls all around so if I, if I talk too loud then yeah you're gonna you're gonna get the echo maybe someday i'll put a you know noise dampening things on my walls and you know be a real professional podcaster maybe someday maybe someday yeah. i'll like you know we'll, we'll you know get a patreon or something and then we'll if we made a professional amount of money on this like professional podcasters but until then until, until then you're gonna then. get the weird echo when i talk too loud so yeah how about that? How about that? Well, um, sorry, this is late. This is a late podcast, but you know, I want I wanted to yeah. go to a, a, a an emo concert on on Thursday on Monday, and then I went to a Mariners doubleheader on Tuesday, <laughs> um, and so and then last night we were like no, and then tonight you know plus you got one from Michael. He he did his earlier, so yeah. you you've gotten one on the feed, uh, but you know this is episode. 176 slightly delayed uh wsu beats cal but also big ass game with usc coming up on the road possibly Hell last yeah. possibly last game ever at the coliseum uh uh edition and i am craig powers as always with me jeff newser and jeff Hello. i guess we'll start with we'll start with the cal game we'll get to the usc game we'll spend less time than we normally do on the cal game because obviously it is now kind of old news but uh, what an encouraging performance! Uh, yeah. Just to uh, you know, to to avoid the cow bullshit, really win handily, run away with it in the fourth quarter, um, and, and just honestly wasn't even as close as the score indicated. Yeah. Uh, there's some things that you you can hope you can clean up in the future, um, and, and, but but so but you know to to win twenty eight nine. Uh, it seems that the offense is getting better and better. Um, you know, obviously they didn't score as much against Oregon as they did against Oregon last week, but they still were moving the ball quite well. Um, just mistakes were killing them. 
and and, and just to to see the running game come back again, uh, you know, to do better, you know, especially Jenkins get in there and, and get some big plays, and still see the creativeness of the offense in the red zone, um, all that. Like it was just a, an all around sat, very 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 satisfying performance off the back of a very um, uh, you know disappointing ending to the Oregon game. Yeah, I mean, by, you know, virtually any metric, you know, we dominated the game. Uh, you know, Cal finished with 311 total yards. We had 415. And then if you look at it on a on a per-play basis, we were at, you know, 6.4 yards per play. Cal was at 5.1. Um, for Cal, so much of that came on about two completions, right? Yeah. Um, you know, totally bottled up uh, Jade Knott, which was great. Um, yeah, just, you know, kind of exactly what you wanted to see. You wanted to see a strong response to the Oregon loss. You wanted to see that they weren't, uh, you know, wallowing in that. And, you know, even as the offense kind of sputtered early, it wasn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't feel like the team was flat. It just sort of felt like they were, you know, having a hard time kind of figuring it out. Right. You know, the defense obviously was fired up right out of the gate played, you know, tremendous, um, you know, for, for the vast majority outside of basically two plays, right. Yeah. They were, they were locked in for, for pretty much the entire game. So, um, yeah, like I think, you know, it's a major credit, I think to, to Jake Dickert. Um, I, I think maybe we're already reaching the point of kind of taking that for granted. Um, you know, cause as I thought about things to write for my, my Monday column that, that came out on Tuesday, um, like I, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, what do I want to ride? And I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. And and the and the honest truth is, I really didn't give much thought to, you know, the coaching job that went into preparing the team for that game because I, I guess I just am kind of taking it for granted at this point. Like that's that's what that's what they do, and that's that's what Jake Dickert and his staff do. And um, you know, to come out from that, you know, really super disappointing loss to. Um, you know, more or less dominate Cal, even though the, the score was tight for a while, it, you know, really, it wasn't really close. Um, you know, one team was, was played better than the other team for the, really the entirety of the game. So, you know, I just was kind of like, yeah, you know, this is, this is what they should do. And, you know, Jake Dickert, I think deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think maybe, maybe I shouldn't quite take it for granted as much as I am, but, um, it was really pleasing to see them coming out and, and not, um, you know, just kind of falling all over. I mean, Oregon state, right. Went to Utah and got, you know, smacked around. So, uh, you know, I think that, you know, coming out and, and playing a, a quality game at home against a team that, that has sort of given you fits over the years, you know, certainly nothing to complain about there. And, um, I think, you know, it sets you up nicely for the, for the finish that you dream of because, you know, you lose that game and then all of a sudden, it, you know, you're finding the path forward to, you know, sort of a top half of the conference finish starts to, you start to have a harder time finding that. And, you know, that's, that's certainly still in play. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they, you know, they look every bit of a good team and, and that's, that's yeah. what's nice. Uh, it, it, and, and, and it just seems, you know, Cam made two, uh, you know, one throw his first interception. Uh, he probably threw it late. Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm up top and I, and I saw that dude open and then the safety closed and picked the ball off, you know, so that I think he threw it a bit late or maybe shouldn't have thrown it at all. If it was going to be that tight of a window, especially because it was first down and you were in opponent territory, you probably didn't need to take that risk. 
The second interception was just absolutely pointless. Like it, there was nothing there. I remember yep. watching it and I, I'm just screaming, no one's open, no one's open, no one's open, no one's open. And, and like he just lets it go and, you know, easy pick. Uh, well, when, he didn't have again, to either. I mean, that's the thing. Like he could have, I could have, you know, I think he had a little bit for of a few yards. He yeah, he, probably, he could have flipped at, at it worst, out of bounds for an incompletion. Like there's a million things. He could it, have again, done. it was not, it was not even third down. It was like, you know, it was, again, but they're also, when you're in field goal range or all that, just eat, eat it, you know, take yeah. points when you can. Like if there's yeah. nothing there, take the best possible option. The best possible option is not forcing it into nothing. Yeah. Like the second one was, there was nothing to be seen there. And, uh, and, and, and that was it was a scramble play like it wasn't even like his first read just throwing it out of instinct it was just yeah so he's really you know he's got to clean those up like he can't be doing that against USC like it just can't be doing that (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk about how USC thrives off turnovers yeah but 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 yeah but yeah other than that like you know he was over eight yards of pass um that was good and i see them explosive against you know a coach uh, a head coach that has and former defensive coordinator that has given wsu trouble for years years and years <laughs> and to and, yeah and to see to go over eight yards of pass against a wilcox defense is i don't they've probably never done that i i don't really know but i'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that they've never done that um and and then just to see, you know, the ground game, uh, uh, you know, well, one thing back to the passing game, Renard Bell having a yeah. huge game, so cool, so cool. Um, Robert Farrell, uh, maybe this offense would have been just fine in the first two games. <laughs> with Alvin, you know? I know, like, I definitely, I definitely had that. You said too. that in your column. You said that in your column. Like I, I did, or you you alluded to it at least. Like it, I think he obviously. Uh, Cam is very comfortable with him, and he's good. Like he's yeah. he's legitimately good. Yeah, I mean like, he's beating he, dudes. He's beating dudes off the line and getting separation, and like he's he's good, man. Which is like and you he, know wild to think about. And, and in the part return game, he, his first one was real bad. He tried to go lateral, didn't work, lost yardage. But after that, he just went straight forward. He got some great returns. Um, learned his lesson. That was good. Uh, just yep. take take what they're going to give you, and and you know it. He's been you know a revelation. Like it. Oh yeah, like kind of the rise of uh, like um, what was his name, uh, Arcanado. Like because because uh, uh, Gordon had such a rapport with him because they had played basically on like scout team forever with each yep. other, and then Arcanado has this huge stretch of games and season because. The quarterback and the receiver are such in tune, and you're seeing that with Farrell and and, and uh, Cam now. And I think like it's just going to only provide more and more benefits through the season as we go along. Um, and just to have that safety blanket, the dude that's always you know guy that's always open. You know, maybe it might be for like five yards or whatever, but like it's nice to have someone's always open. Um, and then Renard having a big game uh, didn't need as much from Deshaun and Ollie. Obviously, it looks like maybe Cal is kind of taking away the outside more, given given the inside receivers what they wanted, and you know that that was just fine with us. Um, and uh, you know we saw we've seen that a lot with years with the air raid. Uh, the guys that have good games are different from week to week because whatever the 
because a defense will decide to take away a certain part of the field. And it's natural in the air raid to just go find the open part of the field. And that's good to see that um, Cam can have big games with different guys week to week because that's kind of how it should be with the air raid. Um, rarely do you have a, a, a Marks or Crabtree type where they're just uh, such a dominant a force. Vince, that a Vince Maley type. A Vince Maley or, uh, <laughs> you know, like it, it, so uh, or, or when we had the, the Winston Patman combo uh, on the right yeah. where they were just always, you know, just whoever pick your whoever was in there was was going to have a good day. Um, but it was. But yeah, that was nice. Um, it was good to see Jenkins break out, have some big runs. Watson had a big run. Had you know, didn't always, didn't have a huge day, but but he he did have a couple big runs. Um, Jenkins got his first touchdown, and of course, WSU got its first tight end touchdown since Woo! 2011, and it should have happened with a different tight end <laughs> yeah. on the play before. Um, yeah. But uh, but you know. Uh, Cam tried a left. It took a second. You saw him do it, and then you're like, wait, did he throw that with his left hand? And so he took a left-handed pass right on yeah. the money. Uh, yeah. And um, Andre Dollar couldn't couldn't catch it in, couldn't draw it in for what should have been his first touchdown. Uh, but the next play, they ran a play, uh, you know, for um, what? Uh, Billy Revere. Rever- How do you say his name? Uh, Revere. Yeah. Um for obviously ran the play for him to get it seems like they wanted that tight end touchdown like they because they seem to run the play for dollar before although i don't yeah. think they intended for i don't think they intended for um for uh for cam to throw that ball left-handed but hey they if he can did. do that they they did, did intend oh i didn't yeah really? so cam said after the game that he had been practicing his left-handed throws all week so that was that that was part of the play. <laughs> so, oh man. So there you go. But I mean this all like That's plays awesome. into yeah, I mean this all plays into, you know, the what Eric uh, Eric Morris is doing in the red zone. Like and I remember, you know, I mean, right, you know, we we all have, you know, seethed over the years at Rod Gilmore calling our games and lamenting, you know, oh, we're in the red zone now. This is where the air raid really struggles. Um, which of course was never actually super true. I mean, we had some, we, we had some years that were, you know, quite excellent in the red zone, but you know, what's, what's crazy about what, what we're doing right now is that we're doing almost all of it through the air and we are converting in the red zone a lot. Like, and when I say converting, by the way, sometimes announcers will talk about uh, red zone percentages and they count any score as a conversion. No, no field goals do not count in the red zone. I mean, they count on the scoreboard, but when you're talking about how good a team is in the red zone, um, they, they just do not count. And so what you want to do is you need touchdowns, right? And WSU is scoring tons of touchdowns and they're like almost they're like two thirds of them are through the air. And it's, you know, so much of that is the way that Eric Morris is, is scheming it up. And I mean, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if there's a point at which like he starts running out of ideas, but man, it sure seems like every single week they've got something cooked up. They can get somebody open. I mean, you, you know, you mentioned the touchdown catch by Revere, like he came, so he started, he was on the right hand side of the formation, kind of in an H back spot. And then when the ball is snapped, 
the outside receiver shriveling comes across and gives, you know, the, the time honored, you know, rub route. Right. And Revere comes all the way across the formation behind the line, finds a, you know, a little bit of a spot in the flat, catches the ball and, and more or less walks into the end zone. And it's like, yeah, I, I mean, it's fairly simple. But it's also like, you know, normally we see those kinds of route combinations with two wide receivers, right? Like, and that's what we always saw, you know, Mike Leach ran those all the time, you know, with his air raid, um, you know, normally you see two wide receivers, you know, trying to scream for each other. And, you know, the defense defenses have gotten, you know, I mean, when they're run really, really well, they're, you know, almost impossible to defend, but defenses have gotten better at defending them. So what do you do? Well, you change, you change the angle. You throw a second receiver out there that maybe the defense doesn't see coming this, this tight end, you know, who runs across the formation behind the offensive line before he gets to the flat, like just like really little, you know, and I think it was stribbling, got him a little, they had stribbling run back across, give him a little kind of a pick. And, uh, so that, that would, that totally cleared the path. Like it was so clear once he caught the ball. Like, yeah. So, you know, you just look at that and you just go like, eh, you know, I don't know, man. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, if you're, if your offense is being a little bit inconsistent, but you're scoring touchdowns every time you get to the red zone, like eh, you're going to be okay. I mean, I know we're going to talk about like FEI here in a bit. And I know that, you know, Brian Fremo's system, um, likes us. And I, I am certain that a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, how many of our drives, you know, end in touchdowns when they get deep rather than settling for field goals. Yeah. And so it's, and one thing that's, this is the most creative offense that WSU has had in a yes. long time. It, uh, you know, maybe, obviously maybe ever, maybe, maybe ever, ever, but obviously just the, the single back uh, offense, the single back spread offense that price was running was really innovative, obviously. Um, at the time, but, uh, to take, you know, a base offense that WSU we've had, we had for eight years and it doesn't like, you see a lot of the same routes and you see a lot of the same, you know, they, they run the way they run is very similar, but to have a tight end that blocks on the run, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, uh, to have a tight end that can block on screens, that's pretty fucking cool like to have that big dude that can run into guys like i'm really really liking having that tight end and just the creativity of the plays we the, there's a lot of non-standard air raid plays that they're running these are not plays that you run in practice seven thousand times to make sure that you have it right or whatever you know like th- there's a lot of interesting things that we're doing we had just two offenses that were very pure forms of them obviously uh, with uh, Delora, they were running a, a little bit of uh, zone read um, stuff uh, with the um, with the run and shoot. But you basically had you had like the only like the the purest version of run and shoot that existed, and then you had the purest version of the air raid that existed, and and uh, and that will ever exist. And but now we have this kind of we have this air raid that we have seen other like programs used for yes. years and, and you kind of like when we were we had our ray air raid and we loved our air raid it was our identity but also you would see other programs who were running air raid concepts do other shit and you're like can we do that too um and now we're doing it like we're 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 taking we're taking the concepts of air raid 
you know, the route trees and the spacing, but we're using, we're running different plays. We have a tight end in there. Like everything is just, it looks it's fun. Like, and, and like you said, like having a tight end in the red zone, that helps like it, and obviously WSU, you, as you said, and you, as what you wrote um, this week about, they did have some really good red zone years, but those are also, it, those are the years when they had like multiple really good running backs. And so they, they ran these like two back sets and they would make, you know, that, and then they had quarterbacks who knew what they're doing and stuff like that. But, but you know, this, they, I, I would say this offense is not as talented as some of those offenses in the past that have excelled in the red zone, but they are converting in the red zone really well um, beyond like the capabilities that they're showing outside of the red zone, which, which, which is why like they have been able to take advantage of short fields so well this year. And again, that's part of the, um, uh, the free, like the, we, we talk about the free mo efficiency index, like, where their offense is probably rated higher than that, and then some other places, because you know he his stuff really looks at what are the available yards you have for your drive, and how many of those yards did you get? And when they're getting these short fields, they convert. So yep. when the defense set ter- gets them a turnover, gets them a stop, they convert, and, and that's been huge. That's why they've you know that's why they could beat. Um, that's why they could beat Wisconsin. Um, having a, a significant yardage yardage disadvantage. That's why they could be nearly beat Oregon while ha- being outgained by like almost 300 yards. Like it, it just is because when they have their opportunities, they take advantage of them, and that's such a huge part of of football. It, you know, like there's so many defenses at every level that have succeeded for years letting teams move between the twenties, move between the tens, move between the forties, whatever, and give up yardage, but just know that it's a lot harder for an offensive score. Once, once the windows are smaller. And if we flip it and look at our defense, which you did in your article, um, you pointed out that the defense has only given up touchdowns on half of their, uh, half of their drives in both Pac-12 play and overall. And you could see that you love to see a team that excels in the same concept on both sides of the football. And to me, that always screams to me good coaching. That's an emphasis in coaching. If you emphasize something on one side, you should always emphasize it on the other. We talk about in basketball all the time too, three-pointers, things like that. And and to see see some they are emphasizing being good in the red zone on both sides of the football, and that's how you win games when you're recruiting three stars and they're recruiting four stars and five stars. Like this is this is a, a this is a there's are there are different ways to maximize my maximize talent, and this is one of those ways. And it, and it's it's just really exciting to see it play out so far. Something that was less exciting <laughs> was is kind of been a hot topic of conversation this week, which was the uh, the attendance on Saturday. So oh, I know you geez. were there, and I also heard that the atmosphere was kind of eh. now maybe that had to do with the I don't know. I mean, the first half wasn't the 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 thrillingest half of football ever, but yeah, it was pretty boring. Know, what's, yeah. what's 
yeah, what sort of your take on on what the atmosphere was like, and especially since uh, you've been to literally every game this year, including the one in Madison. <laughs> so, yeah. what's what was your sort of your take on on how Saturday was relative to maybe previous weeks? Well, I definitely think the game state can affect because any Cougar that will tell you at Madison says like the atmosphere is a little bit disappointing there because like they obviously were affected by the fact that we were challenging them and they weren't quite as excited. And I think there was a little bit of that on Saturday for sure. But you see that official attendance number 23,021. Like that that's less than we're at Colorado state. And this is homecoming. Like, usually homecoming's automatic near sellout or sellout. Like, automatic. You get you get those games every year. You get homecoming and, and, and family weekend, formerly dad's weekend. That, that you, yeah, those that are, are just, the two. Those are the two you yeah, can count on. You, you get sellout and then maybe like a USC slash Oregon coming in. So Oregon, we got it last week. And maybe that had influence. You know, people said, instead of going to homecoming, I'm going to Oregon. Which Oregon kind of felt like homecoming. Like there was a lot of people there that that was their one game they were going to, all that stuff. But Cal, you could tell like it was just, it was just kind of lighter. Like in the in the tailgates, at, at, at the bars, like it was just definitely a, a lighter crowd. And then when we went in the stadium, yeah, like the alumni part was was sparse in places. There was, you know, there also there was like almost no visitor presence. Like I think there was Amanda joked that uh, there was 12 Cal fans there, which uh, probably is pretty close, honestly. Yeah. Um, the students never filled up like the way they did against Oregon. Uh, not even, you know, they were fuller for Idaho, I would say. Um, so that wasn't, you know, the student presence wasn't uh, uh, full um and, and so it, yeah and then yeah it was just wasn't like a wasn't like an intense atmosphere i i will say yeah the game kind of lulled us all into a bit of a sleep like it was a it was a pretty big snoozer the first half for sure it was a seven three at halftime yeah. um and, and you know the crowd came to life a bit at the end but but still you know it there wasn't that many of us there so uh it was definitely uh apparently it was the, the lowest one of the lowest home crowding um, crowds ever, at least since the yeah. stadium is had Martin stadium or whatever. Yep. Um, so that that's, that's just crazy to me. You know, it's, 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 it's wild to think because, um, you know, when, when, uh, when I went to WSU, I was, my freshman year was the third of a, a three straight 10 win seasons. And those, you know, coming off the Rose bowl, like it, that, I don't know that momentum carried like the the crowds were pretty full for like a couple years after that. Yeah, and if you're looking at it now, like WSU has had sustained like good like the the best stretch of sustained football success that they've ever had. Yeah. But it still ha- is not bringing people in. Unless so much has changed though, right? Like it's yeah, like, I know. I mean. That's kind of the thing. Like, it's hard to do an apples to apples comparison. It's not because yeah. the environment has changed. I mean, so it much. is, yeah, yeah. And we've talked about we talked about, and I, I know Michael talked about it on his podcast too. But like, it's, um, we've talked about how, you know, the pandemic has kind of 
people got used to watching shit at home or, you know, doing things at home, doing things in their community. And maybe they are not feeling like they need to go, you know, drive to Pullman to get that experience because yep. also you can add on the TV experience is when I'm talking about when I was in school, you know, almost 20 years ago versus now is so much better. One, all the games are on TV. Yep. Also, as much as we hate on Pac-12 Network, their production is awesome yeah. and, and and like better than ESPN many times. And Most of the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and and so it's a good viewing experience. You get all the angles. You get all that. Um, you know, you know what's going on. There's so many times, especially replay. Uh, we have no clue what's going on, and that. But if you're at home, you do. And also, you can get up and go to the bat. You can get up. You can do something else. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you could do that at the game too. But uh, you, you, <laughs> and it's you, just and like, you don't have to drive multiple hours. To, to do it for the uh, privilege yeah. to do it. Anywhere between one and a half to six or seven right. hours. Depending on where away. you live. Yeah. Um I yeah, mean and, somebody and so, so just to the just to the point about the pandemic too, like somebody in one of the comments on uh you know on, on one of the stories on Kook Center, you know, posted the average attendance, you know, kind of for the last looked like about the last fifteen years, I think. Um just off the top of my head. And there is a very distinct difference from pre pandemic to post. Like it was, I, I mean, look, you know, you, you were there, um, you know, having big crowds was, was pretty regular under Mike Leach. Like that was, especially the last, like, you know, two, three years, obviously 2018 was its own thing. And even 2019 was still, you know, had, even though that team had some struggles, there was certainly some carryover, um, you know, from especially once, especially and, once we got into PAC 12 play, like yes. it was, so, yeah. it, you know, they were still hovering around, you know, 30,000 ish, you know, pretty much most of Mike Leach's tenure. And now it's like the last two years has been, you know, whatever, 24, 25, 26, something like that. I mean, like a really substantial drop off, like a 10%, you know, reduction. Um, so I, you know, I, I do think that there is, um, something to just, you know, pandemic stuff, you know, people getting, you know, whatever it is, getting used to staying home, not wanting to be out in public. I mean, there are still people like that. There are still people who are like, uh, no, I am, I am not going out. I do not want to catch, uh, the coronavirus, And so they stay home. Uh, well, and there's, but I, and we cannot discount. There may also be people that, uh, don't, didn't like the restrictions and they yep. didn't like them last year. And they're still mad about it. They may be mad about Rolo, whatever. They may be saying, no, and I definitely know about people that yep. do not go to the games because of that. And so and that could be having we an don't impact know too. How, we also don't know how season tickets compare either. right? That's not something WSU yes. typically publicizes. So we don't really know. Well, and if you have that season, well, the funny thing was like a lot of us bought the season tickets for 2020 and then they were already paid for for 2021. But a lot of people, mm -hmm. you, could take a, you could take a refund option. But a lot... I, some people did do that, like, but a lot of people didn't do that. Um, uh, but yeah, if, yeah, I, I found it. CyberCube twelve, the numbers, and they're pretty stark. You know, twenty six thousand, and you're thinking like that's including the Oregon game, um, and the Idaho game, which were Idaho yeah. is is uh, is always going to be pretty well attended. You get a lot of Idaho fans, and 
It's the first game of the year. The students come out because it's the first game of the year, whatever. Um, but but so you're thinking like, well, what's what games do we have left? Like, so we have a Thursday game. That's not going to bring up the average. It's going to be against probably a top 10, top 15 team, but uh, it's on Thursday. That game <laughs> yeah, is you've not going to be well attended. you've so much of your fan base. Like, they, they literally cannot come. Like, we'll be lucky you know. to have 25,000 at that game. Um, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think that's, that's the, and, and even the students, it's like uh, there's people with classes at like 7 p.m. on weeknights. Like, it, like it, not right. a lot, but there are. Uh, you know, so so to to ask for like eleven thousand students to show up at Thursday at seven, I, you know, hopefully they will because Utah will be highly ranked and stuff. But the, I don't think the alumni, maybe twenty five, maybe twenty seven thousand for that. But then you have a yeah. you have a November twelfth game, which is two weeks before the Apple Cup. I against Arizona State, who's not going to be any sort of a draw. Um, I don't see a huge turn out for that now the apple cup will be a sellout like that'll be that'll be thirty three thousand or whatever so i i think it's probably going to stay around this twenty six thousand average that we currently have um which would be uh the lowest uh, last year was the lowest but also last year we had a lot of there was a lot of restrictions and things um you had to have um uh, yet uh, you don't you don't have proof of vaccination, but you you had to wear masks or well, there was something about last year that was weird. I don't remember. Um, uh, but but it was it was, and then plus it was straight off the pandemic. A lot of people didn't feel comfortable. Um, so this would be the lowest since uh before Leach came, uh, since yep. Wolf's last year, um, which we're sitting at four and one, and we have beaten a big 10 team on the road and we have uh, yeah like it's this team is as good as a lot of those other teams that have these bigger averages but it's it it, it it's it it is to the point where yeah i'm not sure like outside of massive 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 games and those they're only massive if the opponent is also highly yes yes that is so outside of that like there we're probably not going to have many sellouts you know apple cups plus oregon games maybe you well never usc again well usc no usc doesn't play us next year do they no nope i don't remember nope so yeah i believe they're off the rotation next year so we don't have usc next year and they they used they're they're always a prime candidate for that um so uh, yeah it's uh it's i don't don't see many sellouts um anymore unless you know something something changes but what can change jeff what could possibly change for fucking middle of the nowhere pullman where the hotels are like i'll i'll fucking tell you i paid 850 dollars for my two nights at the quality inn this weekend yes like where like at at a hotel that has not been renovated for 25 years. And I, and I also don't blame them for charging that because like they would not exist if they didn't. Um, yeah. and they know they can get it. And cause idiots like me pay it. But like <laughs> yeah, outside of that, like 
like out, the hotel price is not coming down. Like it, that's not going to happen. You they, you could never build enough hotels in Pullman to do that. They have built new hotels in Pullman. It did nothing to change the price. Also, yep. those hotels are like full of um, uh, athletes and and uh, TV personalities and stuff during and yes. TV crews during weekends. Yes. So I'm not sure they were that helpful, but. Um, yeah. there, I think there's talk of another hotel being built. I don't think it'll move the needle that much because, um, and then there's people are like, let's have more RV lots, all this stuff. Why, like would the, would any of that move the needle is can, no, what could possibly change it? <laughs> the, the answer, the answer is, I think the answer is no. I, well, I think buses, the answer you is, know, buses, things like that. Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing, like. Like anytime this conversation comes up, you know, people talk about hotels and they talk about buses and they talk about Horizon Air flights from Seattle to to Pullman. And I'm just like, like, okay, so big time college football. I mean, let's talk about big time college football, right? Can you imagine what it would look like at Husky Stadium if 27,000 people showed up? Right. Like, (laughs) and and, I mean, just just I I understand. Well, Well, whatever. Like, well, think about what it looks like. Think about look what it looks like at the Rose Bowl when thirty thousand. Yes. Show up, okay. So that's that's a good that's a good comparison. Okay. So I, I, what I'm what I'm kind of driving at is this. I mean, we're talking about the difference between thirty two thousand, thirty thousand, twenty seven thousand, twenty four thousand, right? But it's like, man, like a, like a sellout is like a super miniature Power Five crowd to begin with. Right. Like, I mean, every other big time program. I mean, like Oregon State right now is dealing with reduced capacity and because they're doing renovations and their reduced capacity is what I think, 25,000. Right. Like, which is only 7,000 or 8,000 less than what uh, Martin Stadium Giza Field holds. Right. So. Like to me, it's like, okay, so we have these conversations, we wring our hands and we're, but, but like, we're talking about how do we get 33,000 people to Pullman? And it's like, I mean, that is just like, if you just stop and think about it for just a second, number one, that's just like, it's such an absurd question to ask to begin with. Cause you're just like, okay, here we are, you know, supposedly big time college football. And we can't even get like a crowd that's like half the size of most other programs. Now I understand all the reasons why. I'm not trying to say like we don't belong in power five or something like that. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is like, we're trying to talk about how we can goose a few more thousand for what is already a really tiny crowd. And I would submit that the fact that our max capacity is already miniature by comparison to other schools is sort of like the thing that, that, that kind of plainly uh, illustrates the, problem right like like we're talking about squeezing you know extra drops from a rock you know like that's really we're we're like saying okay what can we do to squeeze extra drops from a rock so like to me like that's sort of the main issue we we don't have a large uh population base to draw from Uh, the vast majority of our alumni do not live anywhere near uh pullman which is unusual for most colleges um, and then also, you know, people in Spokane for whatever reason won't come to Pullman, you know, it's, and it's like, we don't have as many alumni in Spokane as I think probably most people assume. 
Um, but you know, you would think we could get some t-shirt fans to drive down and we just, we don't have them, right? We just don't have them, which is sort of always sort of crazy to me. Cause like it's, it's big time college football. You know, there's, there's really nothing else in that area except for Gonzaga. And that is, you know, basketball season and it's hard to get a ticket. So, you know, you got big time college football, not that far down the road. I mean, I drive two plus hours on a weeknight to go watch a Sounders game. So like, to me, it just sort of doesn't compute, but the reality is this is what it is, right? So, okay. So all of that to say, if we're going to try and just squeeze, you know, some drops of water from a rock, right? You know, somebody with the basketball program asked me, how, how do we get more people to come to basketball games? And I'm like, I, I honestly think it comes down to one thing and it's Beasley is a dump. Like, I just like, I honestly yeah. think that because the more, we talk about this and TV plays into it. You mentioned TV, TV plays into all this. Like if people don't just come to games for the game anymore, like it just like, that is not the, that is not the motivating factor for the vast majority of people. I mean, like think about, okay, when you go to Pullman for the weekend, right? You don't come into town, watch the game and drive home, right? Like you're staying for two days, you're tailgating, you're seeing friends, you're going to the Coug, you're doing all that when you and I go to yeah. Sounders games, right? Like we make a night out of it or an afternoon or whatever yeah. it is. We go, we go get some beers, we eat some food. We watch the Sounders. We have some more beers. We go home. Right. Or we get so on a bus like, that has beers. Or we get on a bus that, that has beers. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's not just the game. I mean, the game is great and the game is important and we love the game and everything else. But like, if it was only the game, then we're a little, you know, it just like, it's not the same and it's not as fun. And so when I look at like, okay, let's talk about basketball because this is maybe like the best example of this. Like when you go to Beasley, you are literally going for the game and nothing else because there is nothing else at Beasley to make it a fun event. There is literally nothing else at Beasley that makes it enjoyable. They've, they've sort of done the beer garden thing, but like if you do it, you're sitting, you know, 50 rows up and not at your seats and, you know, whatever. Like there's nothing about Beasley that says to people, Hey, you want to come here because outside of the game, even there's stuff, there's, there's no premium food. There's no, I mean, there's nothing. Right. So if you, if you sort of apply that to football games, very little of the stadium. So if you're talking about a person who say driving down from Spokane, right? Let's, let's talk about the Spokane fan. Okay. You're, you're driving down from Spokane what are you driving down for, right? You're driving down for a game to go to a game that you can't have a beer at unless you have a club ticket um, to go to a game. That's like probably three and a half hours long, right? To go to a game where you're probably sitting in an uncomfortable seat, right? The vast unless majority you're of the stadium a, unless is Unless you're a donor and you have the little padded seat they come right. with, which is still kind of uncomfortable anyway. Well, yep. You're very likely there. sitting on a bench. Yeah. So, or, you know, or a metal, um, you know, cold metal fold out seat. So like, I'm just kind of like going like, okay, well, what's the, you know, what's the thing that makes people, you know, want to go beyond the game? Cause if all I want is the game, I can stay home. Right. If all yeah. I want is the game, that's on my television. And then, and then right? it's it's only it's only three and a half hours of your day and it's not your whole weekend. Right. Plus I can or get your up whole and day. go to the bathroom. Plus I can get a beer. Plus you can I pause can pause it. 
I can fold clothes plus I can whatever, right? Or I can, it, you know, go to my well, kids' game and then start it late on the DVR. It, like, you, I mean, there you are mentioned, a million things I can do. You mentioned people from Spokane, and and this is where people from Spokane Tri Cities is where the uh, kick the TV kickoff times, I think, impact the most. Yes. Yep. Because they're not finding out at best twelve days before most conference games when the game will actually happen. And that that's one thing I think may play in favor for the Thursday game is people can plan for it. This one, if you're talking about trying to take a day trip, you got your kids having basketball, soccer, whatever in the morning. You might have a friend's birthday or or a wedding or whatever, but you can't really plan ahead for stuff because you don't you don't know what time this is going to happen. And I'll give an example, a personal example. Um, it was, uh, I believe, 2016. Uh, well, 2016, so maybe 2017. WC played at Oregon State. And we were already planning to go to Portland for a friend's Halloween party that week, that Saturday. So we were going to be like, okay, we were waiting. And I think this was like a six-day window they chose it. We were waiting to find out what time the game was. And we, I was fingers crossed hoping for like a 2 p.m. start, 3 p.m. start, so we could go to the game in Corvallis, go to our friend's Halloween party that we had already committed to. It was a 7.45 start. No, we're not going to that fucking game. Like, we're not going to the game because it would get over at 11 o'clock. Then we'd have to drive to Portland, get to our friend's house at midnight or whatever. And like, no, we're not doing that. We're not. We already told our friend we go to their party. Like, so you can't. And we couldn't have planned to go to the Oregon State WSU game because we never knew the time. And so you get people that maybe could do out and backs. And there's a lot. There's a lot of WSU alums in Spokane, in Tri-Cities. There's a lot of potential T-shirt fans in Spokane, in Tri-Cities, in Yakima that could do out and backs because, you know, like they do out and backs for Seahawks games. Like people from Yakima go out and back for a Seahawks game or a Mariners game. They could do it, but they don't because they don't know what time the fucking game's going to be. And yep. and that's a, just one more of all the things we've talked about. It's another thing that piles on to all the reasons why attendance is just harder now. When we when games were never on TV, they were always at two. You knew they were at two. Like that yep. like it was possible you could drive from Seattle and go to the game and go back if you really wanted to. And when it's two o'clock and you know it's gonna be and you can plan for it. But you just can't. And that's part of the reason why the F the FCS game earlier in the year gets better attendance than the the November fifteenth you know, game with bad weather, like late in the season, when because they don't find out that it's going to be at seven thirty p.m. until you know you want to take your kids to the game. Oh, it's at it's at seven thirty, so the game's going to get over at eleven. We're going to have to drive home. Like my like my kids are going to be sleeping through half of it, and I'm going to have to pay you know fifty bucks for a ticket for them. Like, do I really want to do this, or do I want to sit home on my couch, put my kids to bed, and, yep. and just enjoy, have a beer, and enjoy my evening? Like, it's just yep. like there's 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 just one more. Like, I'm not saying that is the reason. It's just one of many reasons why. Like, and, and all these reasons, every time you add another reason, it impacts Pullman 
significantly more than impacts anywhere else in the FBS. Honestly, like it, yep. like it, it, it's just it, 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 it's just so much different. Like for Pullman, well, I'll, I'll say the Power Five because I don't know about Boone. I don't know how hard it is to get to Boone. I know it's like three <laughs> hours from Raleigh, so I don't like yeah. it, it. It might be it might be tough to get to Boone. But so I'll say in the in the Power Five, it, it impacts WSU more than anyone else in the Power Five. Every time yeah. there's a little bit of a change, and we have seen that slowly happen, and now we're getting twenty, you know, twenty uh, three thousand person crowds for homecoming, um, and th- this is where we're at. I do think in terms of the atmosphere, that typically is like it relies on. And I'm not blaming the students. I'm just saying, like, it does rely on how big the students are into it. Sure. Because uh, the, stu- well, the students are such a... Because they make such a large proportion of the crowd. such right? a large... Por- and, and students are generally the the most excited and into the game. Like, you know, they, they're... They, then, like, you feel the change when you're an adult. You're like, oh, I can sit down now. I don't have to scream yeah. constantly. Like, this is nice. <laughs> But you have the pressure where you're still like, ah, let's yell, let's, let's scream and yell, and we stand up the whole time, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and also your, your back doesn't hurt, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it, so when, when the students aren't into it, I mean, the students, when they're into it, for, for on the alum side, you're like, all right, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get loud. Hell yeah. But when they're not, you're like, oh, I'm, this is sleepy. Like, what, why is this so sleepy? I don't know. Because they're not screaming, they're not yelling, and they, you know, you kind of need some plays to happen for that to happen. So when you have boring ass games like against Cal, like it's it's not just because I've seen some pretty small crowds at Martin really get into the game. Like I looked at the the 2018 Utah game, which has a reported attendance of 30,000. I was there. There's no fucking way there was 30,000 people. That was also homecoming. There was no fucking way there was 30,000 people there. I would say there was maybe 27. I would go 27. But that was one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen. Like people were so into that. You know, when 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 Minshew to Aesop touchdown at the end, it was one of like the loudest fucking cheers I've ever heard at Martin. Yep. And there was it was it was far from full. So you don't need it to be full. And that's where it go and 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 if you're really worried about revenue, all the most expensive seats are sold out. Like it's yeah. WCU is not hurting on revenue because people aren't buying see, the end zone seats. To me, that is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that goes to my that honestly goes to my solution, which is not really a solution because it can't happen. But I, I think that's it. Like you're saying, okay, all of the expensive seats are sold out. So you know what that tells me? Those are the seats that people want, and those are the seats we need more of. Yeah. So if you're trying to get more people there, those are the seats. So I talked about like people have to have a reason to go, right? So like I went with you to the Colorado State game and we're up in the suite and it's like, man, when you go out of the suite, the suites. So for people who have never kind of been up in the suite club area, the, the suites are above the club seats. Okay. And down where the club level is, uh, on the inside is like kind of a, I mean, how would you describe it? Like a, 
like an indoor kind of commons area. I don't know. Like I'm trying to yeah. figure out how to yeah. describe it. I, I, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Maybe that's there's a way, big, you know, there's like a big central bar. There's big open bars area. On there's a yeah. big open where people can sit. There's a couple like food stands. Yeah. Like, um, and, and that's, there's always people there. Like it's hard to get a beer down there at halftime. Like, okay. it's like there's always people there. And then, so you and I were, you know, talking with some people at halftime. And we were talking and we were talking and we were talking and the second half started and we didn't realize it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like we're there. Well, guess what? Guess how many other people were inside talking and didn't realize the second half started. Lots of people, lots and lots and lots of people getting beers inside this club area, talking with their friends, hanging out, whatever. And I say this not to be like, why weren't they outside watching the game? I say this to illustrate that going to the game is more than going to the game. Yes. And so these people, they're seeing people, they're meeting up with friends. Like, you know, you and I met up with Kaylin and it's like, you know, I haven't seen Kaylin since your wedding. It was so cool to see him, right? Like this is what it's about. You've got to give people something else to show up for besides the game. And I know that that sounds like counterintuitive well, it, or at, dumb well, or it's, whatever, it's, it's, but it's it is not, what it is. It's not we, Jeff. We know it because we see it. Jeff, I so I gave up two seats for one this year. I you know yep. I, I basically I'm paying roughly the same, but in terms of donation plus ticket, I gave up two seats for one, so I could go from the fifty yard line downstairs to have a sweet seat upstairs. Because it, it is, I was like, well, I want that experience for a bit. You know, I, I've 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 had club tickets before. I've you know people have I've gotten guest passes to the suite. It's it's like a it's a different. It feels like a big, uh, like it, it honestly feels like more of a big time experience. Like honestly, like you feel like you're at like a like you see how like legit that fucking remodel those additions were. Like it's it's such a big deal, and to, to kind of like make a different point off of your point of, of people going, having beers, talking. One of the problems at WSU is you can go out to your tailgate at halftime. Yes. And you can maybe <laughs> never come back or you can come back. Yes. I remember. So I In remember the, the college, quarter, maybe the college, uh, the college game day, a uh, game like my, uh, my, my uh, roommate from freshman year was sitting behind me. Who also was in the frat with my friend Kevin, who was sitting, who was with me. So he was like, "We got a, we got a tailgate in lot one. We should go at a halftime." We're like, "Hell yeah, that's close. Let's go." We go, and we're sitting there, and we have the game on TV, drinking beers and watching Oregon score a touchdown. And we're like, "Shit, maybe we should go back in. Like, maybe we should go back in the stadium." And that's not weird like they they fire they have fired a cannon in the past i think they still they make some sort of like announce like some sound to announce like hey it's five minutes come back in but like people go out to their tailgates and that was one thing they said well if they if they if they allow beer on the concourse then it's there will be no more re-entry but that could be pretty good for the atmosphere of the game honestly like um, yes it could like if people can just get beer as they're walking in and get beer throughout the game, maybe 
they they won't be out of their seats for such an extended period of time at, at like a crucial part of the game. Uh, you know, maybe even some of the older students won't like leave because they can. I mean, beer's expensive at games. Maybe they'll still leave probably, but but people say people will be down in Coogville, like yes. they'll just sitting there drink. Because honestly, by the time you get your beer at Coogville, there is one minute till the second half yes. starts. If and, you, but if you're, you're lucky. like. And, and it's they, they fucking and you can't and you can't take it back to your seat. It's the same problem with with when you go to your tailgate. The beer is in ice. It is cold yes. as fuck. You are not chugging that beer unless you hate yourself, like <laughs> or unless like you love the Cougs that much. But you also love yes. beer that much. I don't know. Yes. Like like it's so cold because I I've, I've done the go to Cougville. I've done go out to my cooler and get a beer. And you're like I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna get two beers in. But then you sip that first beer. And you're like. This is on ice. This is fucking cold. This is not like a beer from your fridge. This is colder than a beer from your fridge. Like this is so fucking cold. This is not like a draft beer. Like I can like I cannot chug this thing. And no. so so like you just you go out, you get a beer, like and it's just it's crazy. And and like but but you're you're totally right. Like the experience and that's part yeah. of the experience. Like if you took that away, if you took going to the tailgate away from some people, they probably would very unhappy. They're like, Maybe, I want but my beer. You got, but like, you got. But if you do have to, with something, yeah, right. With beer on the concourse. Beer on the beer on the yeah. concourse. Okay, and so this is why my solution isn't really a solution, because the school needs another hundred million dollars of capital investments to build premium seating all the way around the stadium. And it would take forever like, to get that money back. Like that's like that is what they need. If we're if we're serious about improving attendance. That's what's necessary because we have more people that want club seats, more people that want suites than they actually have club seats and suites for. And so those people will pay for a premium experience to show up just like you talked about, right? Like you, you go up in the suite. It feels great. You're like, look at this. This is cool. You know, you don't have to wait to get a drink. You can get hard alcohol, take it right to your seat in the suite. Like it's great. So you need that everywhere and you need a variety of those things. Like when I think of like Lumen Field, I used to go to Seahawks games a lot, right? Me and my dad had season tickets and it's like, yeah, you look around. Well, what do you got? You got also, you know, all sorts of price points for seats. And I understand that's a you know 70,000 seat stadium. So it's different, but you got all sorts of different price points for seats. You got, you know, premium seats down below. You've got club seats. You've got cheap, 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 relatively cheap yeah. seats. Like, where we used to nothing's say, not really, really that cheap, cheap but, anymore but relatively cheap um you had suites all the way around there are also field level suites you know down in the whatever that is the north end zone right which they also so had like, in wisconsin by the way which yeah. definitely should so, I mean, definitely should be what they turn the, the little the the thing in front of yes. the, the, the oh my god in front yes. of the football yes yes, yes why didn't they just do that to that should all I don't that know, should all be suites that should all be suites so yeah, so that's that's kind of what I'm driving. I mean, like I was kicking around some ideas with Brian Anderson too, and like he was talking about, like, yeah, in Wisconsin, they've got a you know a field house basically that opens up right to the stadium, and you oh, can they just walk into that? the stadium and then walk into the field house and then so walk into the stadium, got, and it's like gotta you know, ask, come on, uh, like these are all things that you can do, but I don't ask, know how we pay for them. Gotta ask Tony Poston about those seats because he definitely I saw him in them. I waved to him. Like the, so, Wisconsin just opened this like crazy club section that is at the end zone, and it's yeah. just that's what BA was talking about. This like huge fucking clubhouse behind it, 
and then and then you and then they just have all these like on field seats like t- tiered seats going up it's like yep. we could probably do that no one sits in the fucking end zone like why couldn't we do that like yeah uh that's why you know we, we've talked about this for years like w- they cut down the amount that the total seating in martin by 2000 to build the football operations building and build the um the the premium seating yep they could easily cut it down obviously by a few more thousand um yep. for some premium seating but like you said that costs money that we do not have right now and we won't yep. have for maybe ever um yep. and and but people ask is wisconsin getting them back I think they will. I don't think they're going to buy it out. And where are they not going to buy it out? Because WSU makes twice as much money on a football game on a, through seating, which they will, sh- which they share with their visiting opponent, um, than they did when Wisconsin last canceled, or last bought out a game because of the premium seating. So I, I just don't think that they're going to cancel at this point also it's less than a year away i don't like they're not going to try to schedule enough they already have an fcs opponent on the schedule they're not going to like try to schedule another. no um, i don't think so but but also that's a big reason why they haven't done it now is because we we can offer and the tv contract too we can offer more money to them um on the return and so that's why they don't anymore and that's honestly it you you rip out 3,000 regular seats and put in 500 premium seats, those 500 premium seats make like four times as much at least as those 3,000 seats that you ripped out. (laughs) And people will pay it. Like, that's the thing. Like, people love to feel special. And they will I love to feel special. To feel special. And so it's like, you know, if if there was anything that, like... Do you know how much I pay... Per game, I do to go to a WSU game. <laughs> I have some idea. I do have some idea how much you pay. It's to a feel lot. Special. It's a lot. Yeah. It, yeah. So I, I mean, and the I short answer it. is the short answer is there's no solution, right? Like we're talking about how to get thirty two thousand people, which in and of itself is just like almost comical. I mean, if you know, I don't mean to like, you know, laugh at ourselves, but we kind of have to laugh at ourselves on this. But every, everything you say is is like, I am, I am an example of that person. Like, like I am that, and I, and I know a lot of people who are that person. Like, like I, I am like, I am much happier. Like it's, it's funny when I had booked a cheaper hotel in Moscow for this year, and then uh, BA and Katie offered me the opportunity to go up in the suite. And I'm like, well, I'm not staying in fucking Moscow if I'm in the suite because I want to have gin and gin, tequila sodas all game and not have to worry about it. So I'm going to Pullman Hotel. And so I, it like it like the amount of money I had to spend in Pullman has just like increased. Uh, God bless the, uh, the Logans uh, who – Offer me a place to stay sometime, save me the money. And then also uh, our buddy Jamie, who I've not taken him up on yet, but <laughs> I will eventually. Um, you might. I might. I love you, buddy. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's just, it, it, there's, you, you have people like me who have just said, you know what? And also I have like the blessing of, of my wife and my, my partner, my wife who knows like, this is an important thing for me. She doesn't, you know, she kind of cringes at the money, but also knows like I, I would only do it if I know I could afford it, you know, like things like that. And so I have like a, I have like a good situation. I can go to games on my own. I can take her sometimes. I can take the kids sometimes, you know, whatever. I just told her, look, I, you know, I'm in the suite. I want to go to every single game this year. Like, and, and I usually go to at least, I usually miss like one, one year I missed three. It was a weird year, but, but, but you know, it's just, but I'm fucking weird. Like I have a kook podcast. I have, I have been writing for a kook blog for, for 13 years. I'm a fucking insane weirdo start, when it comes start, to this shit. Starting with Paul Wolf. I mean, starting yeah. with Paul Wolf. Let's let, let's like, put that out there. So too. you just yes. have to be at my level of obsession to want to do this. And like like BA and Katie are definitely at my level of obsession with this. They bought an RV just to go to Pullman. Like the and but a lot of people, if, even if you want to do that, you have to have been in the donor pool for a long ass time to even get an RV pass. Like, so it's not even that easy. Like, it, you can't just decide you want to suddenly start doing that. Like, so you have to just be committed for a while and then raise your commitment. And, and that's that's kind of what a lot of us has done. But if you don't want to raise your commitment, as things kind of get more expensive around you, I can see why people... You know, and I, I've been lucky, like, things have gotten more expensive as my career has gotten better, as my salary has went up, whatever. So it's been like, I can absorb it. I can absorb it. At every, at every level, I can absorb it. But if but if that's not happening for you, if, if it, or, or if you're just like, I'm not willing to pay this much to go to the MSU games, which is totally understandable. You are not as insane as I am. Or maybe stupid. Maybe you like, you know, having more in your savings or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, it's just like, I know I'm weird and crazy and I know it would like, there, there's no way you can find like 20,000, like insane people like that. And so we're just kind yeah. of in this place where the, the only thing there is to do is you like, and you, you said it and, and Brian said it and like, it, the, the one thing Bill Moose really tried to do and was the right thing to do is try to just win over Spokane because that's your closest place where you can maybe win some T-shirt fans. Like, obviously, Gonzaga won them T-shirt fans in Spokane. Like, they, um, they Gonzaga owns Spokane, and very few of those people went to Gonzaga. Like, there is, there's very few people in eastern Washington that actually went to Gonzaga but they're all big, big Gonzaga fans. We don't really have that. We do have it a little bit, but not really any, like not really in, in, in Washington State, for Washington State, like for Washington State football or basketball, have never really to that point or even approaching that point gotten that level of just 
regional love, but that's what we would need to consistently sell out. Because right now we're we're, rely, we're relying on alums where 70% of them live five plus hours drive away. Yeah. And that... And I would argue is, if it hasn't happened yet, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Like, it's just not. It's just not going to happen. So... Wait, no, it, know, just maybe, Gonzaga, again, we, it just took Gonzaga being like really fucking good for like a decade. Like if if WSU is and one also of the being best in the same city, in the same city that helps too. Yes, <laughs> like in the city. I mean, look, w, the the spokesman review covers WSU. If WSU had been a, I mean, WSU did have more of those fans in the early two thousands, but they didn't. They didn't. They weren't really good long enough to build those kind of like generational fandoms that Gonzaga now at this point has because it it is not like lucrative for the spokesman to cover WSU football like it is for Gonzaga because there's not the like generational fandom. If, if, if WSU comes off those two Rose Bowls and it's just really fucking good for the next five, six, seven years, this might all look a little different. But they they didn't. They weren't. They tanked. Like, like unbelievably tanked. And, and uh, yeah, that was when you could do it, I think. And now, with how many different things there are and how much easier it is to watch football on TV and how much easier... It is to watch anything else in the world or do anything else in the world now. There's so much other stuff to do. And all the games are on TV. It's so much harder to build that in-person generational fandom. Um, And like you said, if it hasn't happened now, probably never happened. We kind of missed the boat on that. And that's a bummer. So we might have to deal with some more homecomings like we we saw this weekend yep shit we talked about that for a lot longer than i thought we would (laughs) should we take a break probably we're an hour and eight minutes in sorry we still gotta talk about usc oh yeah yeah that's right all right we'll be back Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. 
Well, Jeff, <laughs> I think I, if you followed my request, I think I know what you're drinking, but what are you drinking? Uh, well, yeah, so I, I did follow your request. Well, you probably uh, already finished I, it at this point. I, I did finish it. I'm moving on to the next beer now. Uh, so I went ahead and drank, yes, the uh, Yakima Squeeze, which is uh, a fresh hop collaboration between Ruben's Brews and, and Single Hill Brewing, as, as one might expect from the, from the Yakima Squeeze uh, name. So yeah, delicious fresh hop beer. I haven't had too many fresh hops because I've been I've drastically been reduced my yeah I've drastically reduced my beer intake. So uh, I think you had a few with me kinda, and Pullman. I did, I did for sure because I I didn't have to worry about you know kissing my wife or anything like that. So I didn't have to worry about uh, you know contaminating making her your wife with sick with your kisses. Yes, making your wife my, sick with, my with gluten kisses. kisses. That's right. Um, so. I uh, stopped by Rainer Growlers today and picked up a uh, a quartet of fresh hop beers because I haven't, like I said, I haven't uh, haven't had many, and this this was one. I was very excited to see that. I love Ruben's Brews, love Single Hill. Uh, the fact that it was you know Yakima Squeeze, I was like, that's that's you know perfect for uh, you know I, I laid all four of them out. So Craig Craig was referring to I laid all four of them out, took a picture, and was like, which one should I drink tonight? Craig's like, do you even have to ask? And I was like, I think he's probably talking about the Yakima squeeze. <laughs> and so I, you know, took the picture and circled the Yakima squeeze and put a question mark. <laughs> and then, and then you hit me up with the uh, Robert Redford nodding gif, mountain man nodding gif. So yeah. is that Robert so I, Redford? I knew, I knew I got it right. Yeah, it is. That's Robert Redford it in is. that picture. It is. It I is. never, I don't think I ever realized that. Yeah. So yeah, beer's delicious, uh, as you would expect. Uh, Yeah, just that super kind of bitter, intense, you know, hop flavors that that I love in the fresh hop. You know, the thing I love about fresh hop beers is that I definitely could not drink them all year round, but like for a month, for a month, once a year, it's like yeah, like I can appreciate the, uh, you know, the intense flavors and. You know, just the palate wrecking that goes on from from drinking, um, you know, all the, the the super intense fresh hop beers. Yeah, I definitely I had that at the at the tailgate last weekend. I definitely got one. You know, I was um, tailgating with um, Amanda's uh, brother, now my brother in law, Chris. Um, yes. He 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 was doing his he had he had his van that they traveled around. Um, uh, mostly like the, mostly the western half of the U.S. So a lot of for like a year, him and his wife. Well, they were just, just girlfriend and boyfriend at the time. Got engaged on the, so you know they like each other. They lived in the van, close quarters for like almost a year and still liked each other. And that's when he's like, yeah, I guess I we could get married, and they got married. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were able to tolerate each other in a van. But but he was real excited. That was that was why Amanda went to her third out of the first five WSU games, which is yeah. People do I don't not even know appreciate. I don't even means. know if she did that when we were at Wazoo. Honestly, <laughs> like, she <laughs> she traveled to a Wazoo game and went to two home yeah. games in a row, in a row. Like so impressed. But basically, um, um, our sister in law would only go if Amanda also went. Um, that's what she said to her at least. And so, yeah. uh, we, uh, we got to, we got to take, uh, their big white Econoline van 
park it in the like premium lot because I have that that pass from the suite, of course. And and we set up a little van gating, and that was fun. And I made sure to get a couple that were named after Yakima um, because it's fresh op season. That and I knew Chris would appreciate that, a fellow uh, Yakima uh, native. And so, yeah, you know, this is Yakima's time to shine. Of course, there's the fresh hop ale festival this weekend, which I won't be going to because I'll be in, uh, Victoria watching the Mariners games among probably blue Jays fans, even though they're like, because to be fair, they only get blue Jays games mostly there. They don't even like, they barely broadcast the the Mariners games in BC. That's like, that's why like everyone in BC is a blue Jays fan. Like they only see the blue Jays games. Um, but, but so it'll be fun, whatever. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, the Fresh Up Ale Festival this weekend, which we have also obviously broadcast from in the past for our longtime listeners, um, at Single Hill. And what I, I have two different Single Hill Fresh Hop beers tonight, um, in honor of, well, uh, you know, my, my friend Ty, who's one of the founders, who's a Wazoo alum, of course. And a, a Sela alum, um, and then uh, uh, so the first one I had, which I've already finished, was uh, they 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 put like hop truck crossing on their uh, hop beer. So if you've ever been to like Moxie in hop um, harvesting season, there's these big trucks, and I've probably said this before on the podcast, but hey, it was probably a year or two ago, so it's fine. Big trucks, like open trucks, they just pile the harvested hops into, and they like literally fall off, like as they go. But they just they're if you if you drive through Moxie during that time on Highway 24, there's like highways there there are trucks just crossing constantly, and and there's hops falling out. Home brewers will go run and grab the hops and stuff, make their own fresh hop beers, or whatever. It's kind of a tradition, but this one. The first one I had is Five Sisters Fresh Up IPA, Fresh Up IPA, um, brewed with uh, Pink Boots, uh, Yakima Pink Boots is like a, um, a, 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 a correlation of, or um, not correlation uh, whatever it's it's a it's it it it's it's um, like a program for uh, women in the brewing industry brewers um, women brewers in the industry. Um, so this is with fresh, wet Loftus and Morier Citra with fresh as fuck Morier Triumph and CLS Farm Zappa. Uh, so lots of different fresh hop IPAs or uh, fresh hop, um, uh, uh, varieties in here. Um, they also got fresh as fuck pellets. I didn't even know that was a thing. Thought we were just doing the whole cone <laughs> shit. Um, beautiful picture, like on their back, they have a picture of the hop truck. So if you buy one of these cans, you see the hop truck on the back. It's a, it's a great like um, just a drawing of it. I would I would I legit like I would have like if, if I could get this as like a like like a like a print, I would frame it and put it on one of my on one of my walls. Like it's so cool. Um, I love it. Um, uh, so they say uh, every fresh hop beer we brew uses only hops from this year's harvest. This beer has fresh, wet, and freshly dried 2022 hops. Um, so obviously, Single Hill Bean and Yakima, you know, they always do tons of collabs, all that stuff. So the other beer I'm having is uh, um, Fresh Hop Lateral A, Fresh Hop IPA, 
Uh, this is a collab with Zeke's Pizza. Um, if you're in the Seattle area, you know what that is. Um, yep. uh, this has wet HBC 586 and Peralt Farms um, HBC 119 from Yakima Goldings. So both of these are kind of hazy. Um, you say, you know, you would say pallet wrecking. I would not call these pallet wrecking. They definitely have the fresh hop characteristics, but they're not like like an intense bitter IPA. Um, I would probably like them better if they were clear and a little more hop forward. I know I've said, I don't like when they just go straight fresh hop ale. I like when they kind of make a balance there and they've done a good job with this, but I would like a little more bitterness. Um, I had, when I was at um, beer star earlier, I had a fresh hop Bodie. That was pretty interesting because it tasted like a Bodie, but like just, just a little bit different, like you know. I gotta try this, that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I saw they they put it on tap today, and you know we uh, we uh, Amanda dropped our kids off with the grandparents this afternoon as we're going on going to Victoria this weekend on one of our mini honeymoons, and um, uh, so I was like, hey, there was this there's this like, which I now know very good like pop up pizza place that was had food there. Um, so I was like, let's go get pizza and beer. And so we did that and I had some fresh hot beer and, um, yeah, it was, it was very good. And, um, single Hill makes a million fucking fresh hot beers. These are good, especially if you like hazies, like I would highly recommend these very good hazies. Um, very tasty. Um, so five sisters, fresh hot lateral a, I know they make, if you go to the actual brewery, they usually have like 10 to 15 because they just collab. They'll have like collab or they'll have like not fresh hop beers, but collaboration beers with all the breweries that came through for hop selection, which is pretty cool. Um, so like you'll, you'll see some like really famous breweries that came in for hop selection. And then they came single Hills, like come over, drink some beer with us and brew a collab beer. Yeah. Sounds fun. Um, so that's, that's Yakima this time of year. Um, this is Yakima's time to shine uh, highlighted with the fresh hop ale festival this weekend. And yes, we should probably move on to talking about uh, the Southern Cal Trojans, which I have learned that they hate to be called that. So we will yes, we refer to them as the Southern the Cal. Southern Cal. We're going to play Southern Cal in Southern California this weekend, which might be the last time ever that WSC plays in might the Coliseum, be. which is nuts. Might and what be. have what have they won five times ever? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it would be cool to get one more. Um, It'd be be cool to end it that way, right? Yeah, it would be cool. And also cool. So so WSU has beaten. guy from USC Insider just fume one last time. WSU has beaten USC 10 times ever, period. Yep. Um, That's uh, so. That's always what I get. Um, and one of those is, I believe, a, I don't know if one of the, the vacated game from 2005 counts as a win for WSU or not. I don't know. So I don't, I don't know if it's actually a bit nine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I do know that most of them have happened recently, right? Uh, been, like in the last 20 years, tw- right? So 2017, 2013, 97. 2002 that's four yep. of them 
Yep, that's four of the ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, they they are rare. They are few and far in between. But uh, one should have know, happened probably in twenty eighteen. <sighs> you said to do that, didn't you? Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, we are playing at USC. Had to think about that all over again. But, yeah, I mean, this team, you know, USC, obviously, this team is is kind of a kind of a different deal. You know, they are they're highly ranked and they're talented. But, you know, it's been, you know, years since they've been this highly thought of. So forgetting the uh, the 2000 win as well. Yes. Yes. That's the one. Five of them. Forget Five about that one. Since 1997, that, that wasn't that wasn't one of those years. So people, it's not one of the not one of the ones people. And that was that was one of the ones that happened in the Coliseum. So that's yeah, yeah. So you know this team, uh, you know, super talented offensively. Um, you know, top ten. You know, I think the the top ten ranking has as much to do with. Uh, Lincoln Riley being the coach and just sort of USC's reputation as maybe what they've done, um, you know, barely beat Oregon state really needed sort of a fortunate turn of events, uh, to beat Oregon state. Yeah. And so yeah, Oregon you know, state they, fucked that one up. Yeah. And they have not played, uh, really anybody, <laughs> you know, they, they beat the hell out of Stanford. Well, I you think know, congratulations. I mean, well, Oregon State solid. I, I I would think. Yeah, Oregon no, they're State's solid. But I'm like, you know, I I would say out of between them and us, we've played the toughest opponent in Oregon. Like I think yes. that's pretty. I think and that's I would, not a exactly a controversial say, statement. At so. Wisconsin, is probably on par. Yeah. Or, or, well, I don't know after what Illinois did to Wisconsin to get their coach fired. <laughs> Well, we're, Maybe so not. we're about to talk about these Fremo rankings real quick. Fremo yeah. efficiency index, which has yeah. been around for a long time. And it's always, yep. it's always been there. Always looked at it. Um, always takes him a few games in the year to actually have ratings because his stuff is drive based versus play based, which things like what, uh, right. Means less what, um, what CFB graphs does or what, um, what uh, Bill Connolly does, uh, that, um, but for he still got Wisconsin at thirty, and he has Oregon State at fifty-four. Um, he's got us at twenty-five and USC at seventeen. Yep. Uh, his his uh, his projection for this game is a close one. U uh, and a high-scoring one. USC. He's got. Basically thirty-eight to thirty-four USC. Yeah. Um, so close game, high scoring game. Which that sounds right to me, honestly. I, yeah, it know, does. With, it does to me too, man. USC after, getting yeah. or giving uh two touchdowns, right? I think that's about what it is in most places. U USC giving two touchdowns us seems batshit crazy to me, but you know, I mean, a lot of what the lines are, you know, anticipating what the betting public's going to do. And, you know, I, I don't know, man, our first thought, you know, when we were on Slack on Saturday, I mean, our first thought was, man, USC is beatable. Like, this is not, you know, this isn't like playing the Pete Carroll USC's or whatever. Like, this is, so, you know, yeah, they're really talented on offense, but. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So what scare? What scares you about um the 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 dudes on the outside, Addison Williams, Taj yep. Washington? The, yep. They're 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 tough. And and what is our biggest weakness? Our secondary. Yes. So that's that that's 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 what scares you. It yep. is. For sure. You know, Caleb Williams hitting those dudes, making big plays in the passing game. They gave up big plays to Cal in the passing game. They gave up big plays to Oregon in the passing game. Uh, We've seen it happen. Uh, That's tough. But we've seen the toughest opponent in terms of pass protection that we're going to see all year in Oregon. Yes. Yep. And USC, while not leak super leaky like not not quite as leaky as cal and or colorado state is not immune to giving up sacks they've given up 11 through five games that's two a game uh wsu we know also is not just it's not just about sacks with them they're one of the best uh qb pressure teams in the country um i believe they're fifth in qb pressures um right now uh so they're this that's that's one part where that they can eat a bit in terms of uh pass pressure you know that that's it's not that makes me feel better about them what it was like against Oregon where they literally it was just they weren't going to sack him it was just not going to happen um if cuz yep. that's this obviously we've seen they thrive on last plays they thrive on last plays and and U, USC does give those up they've given up 9 uh, lost plays on rushes, and they've given up 11 lost plays on passes. Um, so 20 overall, uh, which is not a huge number, but also it's way better than what we saw against Oregon. Um, Some of more, that, though, is that Caleb Williams will run around. <laughs> like, that's yeah, that's kind of part of but it. But that's like, good. So we, yes. So we, I mean, well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we so we watched, uh, you know, we watched Russell tonight, right? Russell Wilson, and, and took some some joy in uh, some Schadenfreude, right? In uh, in his his struggles, we've been watching Russ take sacks, you know, like for years and years and years, and so much of it is just his willing, his unwillingness to get rid of the ball, and his willingness to try and run around and make something happen. Williams will do some of that too, except the difference is Williams will also absolutely punish you. If you lose, you know, your, your rush discipline and he's able to get, That's loose. Fair. I think I, I want to say that Dicker called him also maybe the best running back in the conference. I mean, obviously he doesn't play running back, but like once he gets yeah. in the open field with the ball, he's so, so, so dangerous. And I know that like our fans have nightmares, right. About running quarterbacks. Um, so this is going to be one of those where it's but- like, yeah, I I don't know, man. We could the, really get gashed. It's it's going to be interesting to see how aggressive we get defensively because he can but, hurt. You but so on the bad. other, but on the other side, uh, um, in terms of like how this defense thrives is off those big negative plays. Uh, yep. Caleb Williams is more likely to take a huge ass sack than like that Bo Nix was. Absolutely true. Yep. And, and so true. maybe yes. So if he gashes you. You gotta, you gotta contain that. Like it can't be a sixty-yard touchdown, which he is hundred percent capable of. Like you can't let that happen. But if if he's running around, like you said, be disciplined. There's a potential he's gonna run around until you can take him down. And so that's that's what they need to do now. Better, easier said than done. Easier said than done. Obviously, I will say 
he has not run that much this year. Like he has run a lot, but he has not run for a lot of yardage this year. Like mm-hmm. if you take out the set, if you take out the sacks, he's run about uh, 33 times for about 230 yards. Um, You know, that's, that's a lot like more than cam or anyone, but that's not like, that doesn't, you know, it's not like the most intensely explosive uh, play, but he is, you know, from watching him play an insanely good runner, of course. And the type of runner that gives kook fans nightmares all the time when they think about even fucking, uh, what was Stanford's quarterback in 2015 that ran for a 50 yard touchdown that wasn't even a good runner, but whatever. Um, uh, but other than that, you know, we got our old friend Travis Dye at running back. Um, it's always funny. He's such a recognizable player. It's so funny. Like watching him at USC is such a it's a trip because he doesn't wear any sort of like pads. He doesn't wear any sort of like uh, armbands. Um, he's like a he's like a baseball player that doesn't wear batting gloves. Like it, and and just the way he runs is like so unique. So when you watch a USC game. You have to like blink a couple times. Um, he's still like a very good running back. Um, and then they have Austin Jones as well. Both of them averaging close to seven yards a carry. Um, but honestly, uh, WSU has done really well against the run, like the straight running back runs this year. That I feel like they can contain those to enough point to where they're not going to be detrimental. It is all about Caleb Williams and those receivers and what they can do against them. And can they can they get pressure on Caleb Williams, make him throw the ball away and not run? Like, but I do think USC is going to score some points though. Like, I don't. This is not going to be nine no. points, fourteen points like against Wisconsin. This is going to be more in the twenties and thirties. This is probably going to end up like the Oregon game. Yeah, if if we are in it. It's going to probably end up like that with both teams. Now that game ends forty four forty one, as you know, sort of goosed by the pick six and then the touchdown at the end. For all intents and purposes, that game had both teams in the thirties, and yeah. I think that if if we're in the game, I do think that that's where it goes. I am super curious about the safety situation. I know Jordan Lee is expected back. He is, you know, was that makes the a big difference. Strong yeah. safety. Right, so he comes back in as strong safety. Strong safety is typically a run support type position, but yep. obviously will play some pass coverage. But what it, what is really kind of interesting about it to me is that means, okay, so what are we doing at free safety? And there's definitely been some intimation that Jaden Hicks, who has been uh, playing in place of Lee at strong safety, is in line for some for some playing time at free safety. Um, and when we saw the last time we saw us play a team that had wide receivers with this kind of athleticism was Oregon and the safeties really struggled one safety in particular, you know, I don't want to completely air out, you know, Sam Lockett, but it certainly seemed like he was really struggling with the athleticism, which is not, not a total shock, right? I mean, he transferred, you know, he was a under recruited guy. He was a Juco guy. Yeah. Um, you know, not highly regarded even as a JUCO recruit. 
and he's and he's done nice things for us. Like I'm not trying to you know downplay it, but at some point there there's an athleticism issue. It seems like, and Oregon I think kind of exposed that. And so um, I know that I th- I think Hicks has a little bit more of an ability to do that. So I'm, I'm really curious to see um, how they handle that rotation and whether that makes a difference in terms of guys just you know <laughs> guys just kind of running free um, as, as they were against Oregon. Yeah, that it you you hope that that is not happening. You know, maybe they learn some things. Maybe the fifth game is different than the third game. Um, I don't know. Like it's, but let's talk about WC's offense against USC's defense. Um, USC's defense comes in on um, FEI uh, pretty poorly ranked. 88th um they're offense fourth so that's why when jeff and i say we see this looking like oregon game um that's why uh because usa's defense has not been particularly good especially when you consider uh the teams they have played um not you know we already talked about that but uh usc's defense uh our old friend alex grinch of course in charge of that and he famously had some amazing defenses at oklahoma uh just kidding he did not <laughs> Amazing, um, amazingly scary amazing can mean a and lot not of in a things. good way yeah um surprisingly but, amazingly not you know they come in giving up less than 20 points a game but congrats on holding rice to 14 and fresno state to 17 Oregon State to 14 with their quarterback situation. That is an utter disaster. Um, but they gave up 25 to Arizona State, 28 to Stanford, who is just yep. fucking terrible. Um, their, their, their defense is almost entirely built on turnovers. And yeah. Ending drives with turnovers. Which is part of the that's reason that's why they don't it. fare well in like a uh, – because they give up yardage. And that's why in a drive yep. base based on – the percentage of yardage yardage you get on drives like um that's that's why so they have um they have intercepted three passes uh fumbles they have uh picked up uh three fumbles so six turnovers so far this doesn't seem like too bad jeff too bad but on a per-play basis, USC is 71st nationally on yards per play. And when you consider who they have played, that's really not impressive. Um, you know, 5.52 yards per play. I'm sorry. For, nationally. I'm sorry. I read this wrong. They've, they've intercepted 12 passes. They've only given up yeah. three touchdown passes. They've intercepted right. 12 passes. I read that wrong. I, don't, I never know why they put the interceptions first on that. But um, so the intercept 12, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. I know they've, I've watched their games. They've definitely done more than three yeah. picks. I mean, um, that makes more sense. 360 yards a game, 5.51 yards per play. It's honestly their defense and is entirely they have, dependent on turnovers. They have run three interceptions back for touchdowns. Yes. So, you know, it's it seems like a simplification, but. I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, If we don't turn the ball over, we probably win. Yeah. 
because like like I'll just like I'll just like I'll I'll make it that simple. Cam, like if, if Cam, or, Cameron, 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 yeah. look at listen, listen, Cameron. Those those throws you made against Cal, don't fucking do it. If yeah. it's first down and there's nothing there, throw it away. You're gonna get yardage on the next down. Don't worry about it. They're gonna give up the yards. Like, don't fucking throw the ball into double, triple coverage. Like it does that's what they want you to do. Please yep. don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. I honestly think that's it. Like I don't there's nothing else about USC's defense that is scary. There, there's they get a f- not. They get a they do have nineteen sacks in five games. Um, of course, so, I mean it's an Alex Grinch defense. They're yeah. going to try and create havoc. Um, he he does the same stuff now that he did when he was at Wazoo. Except the weirdest part about it is he's not coaching Wazoo anymore, <laughs> right? But so, and somehow doing. I don't, I don't know why don't... you coach. I don't know why you coach athletes at USC and Oklahoma that way. But whatever, I guess. And so, you know, if, if you can not give up, you know, major negative plays. If you cannot turn the ball over, then you're probably going to gash them. And I like our chance. Honestly, I like our chances to do that. I mean, you know, Cam Ward, I don't know, man. It seems like he, he throws those interceptions when he's feeling like, you know, when he's just, when he's kind of feeling good, you know, he's just kind of got like a feeling and it's like, I, I don't know, man. There's a part of me that thinks like, Maybe he'll be uh, a little more locked in for this. Or maybe not. I don't know. But, like, I just feel like this is sort of the next natural progression for him is to, like, have that nice, clean game. You know, if he throws one interception, fine. Like, honestly, I'm like, whatever. You're you're going to get enough positive plays. You know, if you're going to make an omelet, you're going to break some eggs, all that kind of stuff. But we just can't have, like, the second interception, right, like you talked about. Like, you just – you know, the balls that never should be thrown. Those are the ones we can't have. And I think that those, and then I honestly, I think with this one, we probably need to get a little lucky too, in the sense yeah. that, okay, if he does throw an interception, that it's not a, you know, ki- a drive killer inside the 20. We need Lincoln, we need Lincoln Victor, we need Lincoln Victor to force a fumble when he throws an yes, interception. That too. That too. Yeah, so we just, <laughs> we just need that to happen. When the interception comes, we just need to get him to fumble it right back to us. That's <laughs> that's the strategy. Especially if it's third down, so we get a first down out of it. You know, that's that's just how we're working. That's that's how this offense works. Yep. No, but I, I do strategy. think like it, it, I you know I I, I agree. Yeah, like, I think we can move the ball. Got to avoid mistakes. Got to avoid big negative plays. Now, this is where. Our offensive line, which struggled against Oregon, struggled a bit against Colorado State, um, like that's that's a bit of the worry. Is like, are they going to give yeah, Cam time? Didn't really struggle against Cal though. Too bad. Yeah, wasn't able good. to run the ball as effectively as you would want early in the game. But you know, wasn't Cam wasn't running for his life either. So. You know, and Cal, maybe maybe Cal had a fair right number of sacks, so maybe we're maybe we're moving in the right direction, man. Maybe. Yeah. You want to? I'm, I'm going to say we are. You want to move to predictions? predictions? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so like I said, game in game in the 30s, I think is is the way it is. Uh, I think the Cougs easily cover. 
I think that's just uh, like yeah. free money, which of course is was it? It's, famous it's up to like but. up to like thirteen. What is it now? Yeah, I think at DraftKings it's still like thirteen or thirteen and a half. Yeah, there are other places where it's up to fourteen, um, and it opened at ten and a half. Ten and a half. So ten and a half. <laughs> Everyone like, hates us. Yeah, I guess even though like for years and years and years we're like, you know, just betting on us is is a good bet. Uh, yeah. To either cover or or you know take the points. So anyway, I I, I think it ends up in the thirties. I think we cover, um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that we win thirty eight thirty five. Cam Ward throws the winning touchdown with one minute and thirty seconds to go, and then a big sack on fourth down of Caleb Williams seals the game in the last like thirty seconds. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I got. So so wait, where's yeah. your score again? It, what did I say? 30, 38 35? WSU? Sure. 38 35 WSU. Let's ride. Well, I missed the you're an idiot gift, so I'm going to go the other way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fucking scared of Caleb Williams and those receivers. Yep. Um, I'm pretty fair. fucking scared of, of Cam Ward's eight interceptions he's already thrown this year. Um. Yep. So I'll go WSU to cover, but I'll go USC 38, WSU 31. And hopefully, hopefully, the realm of possibility. Hopefully, I hopefully get get those gifts ready, those you're an idiot gifts to send to me. I will Um, be the first one to send it to you. There, there is nothing better in my entire life than when I pick. WSC to lose and then they win and I just get a fucking stream of what an idiot gets like it's the greatest thing you know we we prefer the Will Ferrell one but if you got another one that's fine too if you got a, fa- a, a preferred you're an idiot gif I'll, we take them all um, but obviously they'll only this week be directed to me because Jeff picked the Cougs to win and hopefully he is correct I am yes. rooting for that um Hopefully Craig's an idiot. Hopefully I'm an idiot. Uh, Jeff, I soccer played today, right? And it did not yeah. go well. I did not watch that game. Um, I saw I they were down two. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, they scored a goal very late. Um, the The craziest thing about the game is there were only three shots on goal. And as you might for either know, there team were three there were. There were three total. I'm talking three total holy, shots on goal. Holy shit! And there were three goals in the game. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know how it happened. I don't know what what went down. I do know that's not a good loss. Uh, no, especially no. with Stanford on deck this weekend. Um, you know, you're looking at the very real. Stanford is uh, potentially the best team in the country. Well, no, no. Actually, I'm thinking of UCLA. Sorry. Stanford yeah, is tough, though. Stanford, as usual, is very good. Um, so you're, you know, you're looking at playing on the road, the potential of coming back with uh, zero points in two games on this road trip, which is not. Yeah, and they had a which is not good. So which we haven't talked about. They had a real tough uh, draw against Colorado. They beat Utah, but they had a yes. real tough draw against Colorado that they should have won. Another game where they yep. dominated, should have won. Um, hopefully, this these types of matches aren't yeah. going to be what. Fucking I mean, torpedo the season, you know. If you beat Stanford, everything's fine. <laughs> like, 
like you okay you've got this great win on the road against stanford everybody feels good like yeah the loss to cal sucks but you know sometimes you lose that's how it goes um but you know if you go out and lose to stanford as well then you're like uh, you know it's not it's not good it's not good so yeah hopefully hopefully they they bounce back um against stanford the volleyball team is is happy to be home uh so they they're they're home this weekend uh you know hopefully feeling feeling pretty good i think they played or they play what do they play they play on friday right they beat they so they beat they beat cal um easily because cal's fucking terrible um and then but actually they gave stanford a pretty good run it was four sets but it was pretty four tough tough uh tough sets um i think they might have even been no i don't know they were they were they were definitely in it in, in the fourth set looked like it, they could potentially win that fourth set. Um, didn't do it. Uh, yep. so that was actually kind of encouraging because I, they have not played well against some of the top teams. You know, you got swept by UW, got swept by BYU. So, um, good to see them fight a little harder. They got two tough ones. Yeah. Oregon on Friday, uh, seven, number twelve. Oregon's very good. This is a big, big fucking match um, for postseason yep. possibilities. Um, huge, huge match. Then Oregon State on Sunday. Um, so uh, big matches um, this weekend. Uh, for honestly, you know, you got the one more for soccer, and then the Oregon one on Friday. So we got. Uh, coming up, just uh, some kind of pivotal matches uh, for yep. for these uh, programs. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can both. They both, uh, you know, you know, WSU volleyball has got a long um, NCAA tournament streak to keep going. So, getting a win over yep. Oregon would be huge for that. Getting a sweep this weekend would be massive. Yep, and a little revenge factor, right? Hannah Pukas playing yep. for Oregon. So you'd yeah. love to you'd love to get a little revenge there, knock that because Oregon, she transfers to Oregon. Oregon is a what are they ranked? Eleventh, I think. Twelve, twelfth, something like that. Twelve. Yeah, because Hannah so, yeah. is really so fucking good. Yeah, so you'd love to you'd love to knock off Oregon and like just kind of flex and smile over at the other bench, and yeah, uh, feel pretty good about that. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. So go out and. And beat our uh, very talented setter, uh, former very talented setter. That would be great. Uh, Jeff, we are yes. pushing um, hour 50. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put like the I, times in the post for once because I, I never do that anymore. But I'm going to be like, yo, if you just want to skip to the USC preview, here's yeah, where so, you should go. So, yeah, I have uh, – I have to be at the ferry terminal at six thirty in the morning. Oh, dear. so in, in Seattle, I have to drive taking... to Everett in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> shit. What? 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 Yeah. I I have to. I'm I'm presenting a uh, a session on from Graham. Research. By the way, folks, that's a that's yeah. basically you have to go journalism through like basically day. you have to go through two walls to get there. Like yes, a, so it's high school journalism day tomorrow or or today if you're listening to the podcast on Friday. Uh, it's high school journalism day. The, the conference is at uh, uh, 
WSU. Will, will there be so, a break uh, at 1 p.m.? Is that? Yeah, I'll be I'll be back on the road, so I get to listen to the dulcet tones of Rick Riz in my uh, in my Tahoe. Well, no, you might you game. might get some uh, Gary Hill Jr. as well, or Gary know, Hill you know. Jr. Yeah. yeah, or or Dave Sims, right? Because it's gonna because there won't be a TV. American Actually, be all hands on deck. It might be Goldie. You might have yeah. Goldie. I I might get them all. Yeah, Man. seriously, they they haven't got that. nothing else to do. I don't know how they're gonna work that out. Man, so anyway, Goldie so yeah, might so be getting. On the way I don't back. know. Sometimes sometimes Goldie gets a national broadcast. None of them are on Fox. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So I'll listen on the way back, and then. Uh, you know, yeah. So it's like so the you good old boat, days. buddy. We're gonna be. I'm gonna be leaving. I'm gonna be leaving Graham at six thirty in the morning. Drive to Everett. So well, cheers to a shitty night's sleep. Yeah, you and me. Both, I gotta go. Buddy. I gotta go except, pack. Except I gotta edit. Except I gotta edit. Well, you gotta go pack. I get to edit the podcast. Yeah, so. you get to edit the podcast. Um, I'm gonna go pack, uh, which is it's only two nights. It's you know, some Mariner shirts, some Coog shirts. Some pants yeah. will be, yeah. good. Um, be good. Yeah, just going to watch the entire fucking series while in Canada. Like probably Definitely. with. Yeah, that's maybe I'm I'm hoping that give that's the good fucking vibes we need. You know, I just. Yeah, I'll be in Canada. To all those Blue Jays fans. Yeah. Hey, when we swept them when they came they're here. They're like, Ugh, we're going to take over Safeco or T-Mobile Park. Like you get to be like, ha ha, and I'll I'm be in like, Victoria. I'll be like, how about that, motherfuckers? Yeah, how does that Boom. feel? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry motherfuckers. How about that? <laughs> oh, and my 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 boss is from Toronto, so come on, Ems. Come on, That's Ems. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, um all right. so Jeff. Tell them where yeah, to find whatever. us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us, please. Uh, if you're listening, uh, give us a five star rating. You should, because uh, you love us. Because you just listened to an hour and fifty minutes of this, so you definitely love us. Give us five stars. Yeah. Um, uh, you can email us at uh, podcast vs everyone at gmail.com. Podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me. On Twitter at the Craig Powers or on Instagram at Craig W Powers, um, you can find Jeff on Twitter at Pod vs Everyone. Pod versus Everyone. Um, podcast versus Everyone is too long for a Twitter name. It is not allowed. Um, yeah, and I guess that's it. That's all. So go fucking kooks. Go fucking kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black lives fucking matter. And you can still get vaccinated. Get fucking vaccinated.